1: To another episode of the Championship Roundtable podcast. You can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter. I'm Louis Shackshaft. I'm joined today by uh, Jake Jackman, who's, who's normally with us. How's things, Jake? Looking forward to a, a full fixture list, you know, Saturdays and Tuesdays now across the Championship.
0: Yeah, it feels like the Championship is properly back when they've got the Tuesday games on. You know, they, they are just like a bread and butter of the football season, so it's good they're coming back
1: and there's some interesting yeah. games coming up this week. Yeah, definitely, it's uh, coming thick and fast now, and I'm I'm sure they'll have played, you know, a handful of games before we know it. You know, in the next couple of weeks, and and the the league table will slowly but surely begin to pan out. Um, but obviously in this episode, we're gonna we're gonna go back a few days and discuss the results from the week. And Jake, I haven't asked you yet, but are you already are you all right to read the results out from the weekend starting on Friday?
0: Yeah, let's start with Friday. So. Uh... Friday saw Huddersfield lose 2-1 to Fulham, which ultimately ended Jan Sievert's time at the John Smith Stadium. Um, First sack of the season, which always goes down well. Going on to Saturday, Luton um, lost 2-1 at home to West Brom. Uh, West Brom coming from behind there, and I'm sure there's a player that we might talk about a little bit later on from that game. Millwall with 10 men, beating Sheffield Wednesday, ending that 100% record of a 1-0 win at home. I think I called that one, or at least I uh, thought that both winning records were going to come to an end that they both did, so I'm going to take a bit yeah. of credit for that. Nottingham Forest beat Birmingham 3-0. Barnsley and Cholton drew 2-2 and what was an entertaining game with a late penalty there from Lowell Taylor. Blackburn won 1-0 against Middlesbrough. Brentford and Hull drew 1-1. Bristol City won 2-0 against QPR. Stoke and Derby drew 2-2 and what was an entertaining game there. Swansea with a 3-2 win over Preston. Most goals Goals in the game this weekend came there. There's lots to talk about in that one. Leeds obviously putting a ghost from last season to bed as they beat a 10-man Wigan team 2-0. Obviously they dropped points against Wigan at Ellen Road last year when they had 10 men, so that's quite a welcome one for them. And then Sunday, what was quite a good game really, um, 3-0 to Reading uh, against Cardiff. Mm. Slightly surprising, but a big win for them and their new signs doing well there.
1: Yeah, following on from that result, that's probably going to be one of the fixtures we do pick out as a surprise, but what key fixtures springs to mind for you, Jake, that you want to talk about from the weekend?
0: Yeah, so to start off with, I think it's got to be that Reading one. Um, Yeah. I saw a little bit of that game on Sunday, only about 10 minutes of it, but from what I saw Reading were the more attacking team... um, I think Puskas uh, looked really good up front. He obviously got two goals. Uh, his, his, one of his goals was exceptional. I think a lot of people have seen it doing the rounds yeah. on Twitter. Quite a good goal, that one. Um, and obviously, Lucas Zhao playing quite well. They've got Pele in midfield, Moore at the back. You know, some famous names in this team, even if they're not the people that you... You know, you, the the football legends themselves. There's just some eye-catching names in that Reading team. So, uh, I think they're going to be quite fun to watch this season. Um Big risk to bring in all those players when they did, um, spending a lot of money. But it seems to have paid off for them this weekend with a big victory against Cardiff. And I think Cardiff were one of my favourites to get promoted. And, I, and They were really flat um, in that game. But uh, And I think Elvia Jari was quite good in that game as well, another new signing. Um, I'm sure we'll come on to players a little bit later. But another one for me was um, Swansea beating Preston 3-2. I thought that was quite an eye result. I thought Preston might have went there and got something. They've looked quite good in a couple of their games early on Preston and I always expect them to do well. Um, but no, they they went there and lost and it was uh, quite a good victory for Swansea. Coming coming from behind there and obviously coming um, reacting straight back from the penalty that was conceded to make it 2-2 to go make it 3-2 and Borgia Baston. I think we talked about him a couple of weeks ago, he looks like he could be a really, really good strike at this level for Swansea. So he's done really yeah. well. Two goals and an assist. I think they, they could be a team that... Have, gone under the radar. We expect them to struggle after McBurney left, but they might have got a replacement there. And, and they seem to be playing quite good football early on, and we praised Woodman a couple of weeks ago. They've got uh, seven points from a possible nine, so I think they're a team to, to keep an eye on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Swansea have started the season well, You know, sat on seven points and, and currently up to fourth position in the league. I think you can't look past the Reading fixture, though, like you mentioned, as, as the big surprise. I mean, Cardiff City already, I know we might come on to them later, but they have surprised me in the fact that they've only picked up um, just the one victory in three games and conceded seven at this stage and, and not forgetting that Reading also missed a penalty, so it could have been 4-0 on another day. Uh, a couple of fixtures that I'd like to pick out, though. I'll go back to Friday night. Um, I'm going to put it out there, I did call the 2-1 victory to Fulham, uh, but you know, ultimately led to the sacking like you mentioned Jake which we're going to come on to in a bit in the topics proper, uh, but just the firepower that Fulham have got up front I know they scored two second half well all the goals in the second half, but Mitrovic, uh, we won't talk too much about him with the controversy that he um made out that he got kicked or punched in the face or wh- whatever he was doing Um but obviously that a bit of a dampener on that game but then the world-class goal go from cavalero in the 80th minute to get the winner and i, I really like i say I, I saw fulham go in there and, and getting all three points and they have and i really expect fulham to kick on a little bit now i know we talked about whether parker would have the experience and, and know-how to um take fulham right to the top uh i think he will do it but that was, like I say, a, a benchmark for Fulham going to one of the relegated teams who came down with them on Friday and picking up all the all the points. Um, the other game for me, uh, because like Reading, it was the first points of the season, was Blackburn's victory against um, Middlesbrough. Um, both sides, you know, at the f- wrong end of the table for the time being after after three games. But that that goal from Danny Graham, which was a penalty, by the way. Uh, I'll have to mention, Um, but that was at this stage a a vital win for Tony Mowbray picking up his his victory, because that leaves Woodgate still winless, Um, and Middlesbrough sat still on one point, so I think they were the key fixtures that we've picked out, but do you want to talk about any standout players from this week, and and why Jake, any in particular you want to mention?
0: Yeah, for me, I've got to pick out a Reading player, not the, the player that, Many people are talking about Pushka up front. He's obviously got two goals, did very yep. well, looks a, looks a real threat. But I want to talk about John Swift. Player yeah, that's been okay. there for a few okay. years now. Um, twenty four years old, he's always seemed to have a lot of talent, a lot of potential, but he hasn't really kicked on but yeah, he got goal and assists um in the game, made three tackles, caused problems from the set pieces, eighty seven percent Pass completion, you know, it was and seven key passes in the match. It was really a complete performance from Swift, uh, uh-huh. and he was really doing everything. And alongside Pele and Ajari, it seems like a really good blend of of passing, passing ability, ball winning ability, and and just energy in the midfield. That looks like a really good trio for Reading. Um, I know they've got rinamotta on the bench, the the young player that's come through the academy, but those three could really make the positions their own this season. I think Swift really has a point to prove. Um, having you know been tipped for so much as a Chelsea youngster, um, 24 years old, he's been involved in England under 21 squad for a long time. It is really now it's time to kick on and, and show that he can become one of the stars of this division. I think that he showed that on yeah. on Sunday against a, a, a very talented Cardiff midfield, although they weren't up to it on the on the day. There's still a lot of good players in there, and he he stood out for me as one of the best players of the weekend. Um, another one I want to talk about is, is obviously. Patrick Bamford thought he had a very good game uh, a lot of yeah. pressure on him with with you know the, pre- l- the pressure it leads just to perform and score goals is so big, especially after Kemal roof going I know they've got the lad in from Arsenal, but I think it's all going to be on bamford to to score the goals to file into promotion he got two goals at the weekend looked really really good um he's always been a player that's done well in this division and I think he can he can have one of his best seasons of his career this season under uh, Bielsa, yeah, I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, 25 years old now, and he he looks ready to kick on. He got five, he had five shots during the match, so he's a constant threat. And yeah, I'm excited to see what's to come from over the coming months.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people have got Bamford on the tip of the tongues at the minute, and um, like you say, I think he'll kick on this season. We're going to talk about Leeds United in the topics later, so I'm sure his name will come back up. Um, but. Standout players for me. I'm gonna start from where I left off last week with a goalkeeper, uh, simply cos simply because Bialowski, um nearly said his name wrong or might have done then, um, for Millwall, um obviously Millwall went down to ten then. They were one 0 up against Sheffield Wednesday. Um Wednesday were coming at Millwall, you know, quite thick and fast at some points, and they had up to I think it was eighteen, nineteen shots in that game, maybe eight or nine on target, and he still managed to keep the clean sheet. Um, so I've gonna mention him also uh, because Millwall are the only team this season to only concede one goal and have got the best defensive record so far. In the division, uh, lead second, only conceding two goals. So I thought I'd just give him a mention. But the players after that is quite easy to pick out this week. I know you've mentioned Swift and I'm glad you've picked him because I've I've not got him down on my list. Uh, but it's it's uh, all the boys with the braces. Um, so Baston for Swansea, like you mentioned, with two goals. Waggon for Derby, managing to score a, a brace against Stoke. You've already touched upon Bamford, who got the two goals for Leeds against Wigan. Puskas, we've mentioned um, for Reading versus Cardiff. But the player, that's the player of the week for me because I thought he had an exceptional performance um, all the way through the game, is new boy uh, West Bromwich Albion, which is uh, Grady Diangana, um, on loan from West Ham, now playing for West Brom. Only 21 years of age. Uh, he's He's been included in the England under-20s. And I thought... His influence on the game, obviously scoring two goals, but his ability to go past defenders, and he just literally caused havoc for the Luton def- defence pretty much all the game. Um, so it was nice to see a young lad, you know, with that ability in the division and scoring goals, and on another day, he'll, he'll certainly be creating them. So um, for me, he was my player of the week, um, Grady Diangana for West Brom. Uh, but let's, as we've already mentioned earlier, after the Fulham and Huddersfield fixture, Jan Seaworth, Jake, um, sacked, you know, left the club, gone out the door. What were your thoughts on his sacking and any potential names that crop up for you that may take his his place?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, when you look at the stats and his win percentage and just the amount of wins he's managed to get, it does look pretty, pretty bleak for him. Yeah. Um, he was a manager that... I know you, you had doubts about the start of the season when we did our our season previews. That's right, yeah. Um he, he's only been there for seven months, but to when you've got one win during during that time, I know it was up against it in the Premier League, but you would have thought they might have started quickly the new campaign, have had some difficult fixtures but they really should have done better, I think. Um and when you look through that squad, I, I don't think it's a top two squad, but I think it's definitely a squad that could be challenging for, for the playoffs. Um, you know, Tommy Elphick. He's an experienced player in this division. I think Hogg is a, is a very good player in this division. You look at Pritchard, Grant, and and Kachunga. They're, they're three players that have done really well at this level before. Van Lepa- uh Van Lepaura, um yeah. and then Dia Carby looks like quite an exciting player. So they've definitely got some talent in that squad. Um, and it's probably the right time to make that move. It, it, if you let it, you know, coast along for too long, you, you miss any chance of. Possibly making a success of the season, so
1: it, it it's a difficult one. But I think it's one they definitely needed to make. Do, do you um, think he should have been sacked in the summer, though? Do you think he should have been, you know, sacked three, two, three months ago?
0: Um, yeah, I think I think there's definitely a case for it. But then you, you know you've brought him in to an impossible situation in the Premier League. Mm. I don't think they ever really expected him to be able to stay up. So the fact that that you've sort of got to give him a little bit of a go over over in the new season, um. When you look at the um, the favourites to replace him, there's not really many people that stand out as, as a sure thing in this division. They've all sort of been damaged goods at one point or another. I think Chris Hutton's probably the best one. I think it would be a gamble, though. Um, Mark Hudson, if they just give him the job, that would be a bit of a low-risk appointment. It sort of beats the point of ever getting rid of Yeah, Yanty, But for me, I think you've got to go out and try and bring somebody in. I think Nigel Atkins could be interesting. Because they did a whole. So Campbell would be a big risk. Danny Cowley could be bringing the Cowley brothers. That could be. A yeah, move his, if it, they can do that.
1: His name's mentioned a lot at the minute and you know he's he's slowly becoming a candidate I'd like to see for the Sheffield Wednesday job if, if Bullen doesn't get it. Um but it's meant, it's interesting you mentioned Chris Hutton as well because he he turned supposedly turned down Sheffield Wednesday and and even West Brom at one stage and said he didn't want to manage in the championship. I think he's waiting for the, the, the right role in the Premier League. Um so I'm interested to see if, if you know, Huddersfield do make a formal approach for Chris Hughton, and and what happens in in that scenario. But talking of the stats, like I've got them in front of me. Actually, you mentioned Jan seaward and how he only had one win. Well, it was from nineteen games, like you say, seven months in charge, only drew three as well, which never did him any favors, and lost fifteen with a five point three win percentage. Uh, but for me, Jay, yeah, I I can really see, if I'm honest, Mark Hudson probably getting the job on a permanent basis I'm going to ask you though because you know you mentioned that um, Huddersfield they've got some fantastic players you know a couple of them with Premier League abilities um, but in your prediction where did you predict them to come because I had them down as 12th this season
0: I think I had them a little bit higher up than 12th I think you I had did, them around, yeah. around the ninth mark if I remember correctly 8th or 9th I don't have my table in front of me but I think I had them around the ninth. so I thought they were going to I thought they were going to have a, a good go at the playoffs, but I also said in that that I, I thought an early managerial change could spark that. So, you know, I, I'm not I'm not totally giving up on them getting that high. I think there's definitely the talent to do it. I think Carlin Grant up front looks like a very, very good struggle in this division, even the, in the games they've been struggling. I know he's had a cup, couple of penalties, or at least one penalty, I yeah. think, but he he does look really, really good. Um, He looks like somebody that can go and score 20 goals, and if you've got that in your team, you've got a chance. So... I think he's the key and I think Pritchard is, is going to be important. Um, they obviously think they're going to be back up in the Premier League in the next couple of years because they, they gave Aaron Moy mm-hmm. a, a new contract which sort of signified their ambition but they didn't really follow that up with any other signings to replace him which, which disappointed me a little bit but I, I think there's talent there and if they brought in the right manager, if they brought in a Cowley or a, a Stendel, I think they, they'd have a really good chance of challenging for the playoffs but they need to get the right appointment. If it's Hudson, I'm, I'm not too certain.
1: Yeah, definitely. The reason I asked you about your prediction is um, I know I had them down for twelve, and that's the, the reason behind that is because I really thought that they were going to kind of be the stoke of the division this season. You know, struggle maybe take another year or two to adapt before they did make that surge for the top again. So, like you said, making this managerial change so early on, you know, after three games, um, and they're currently, you know, in in the table sat twenty third. Then maybe. It is, it is the right timing, you know, it, it it might give them that push if they do get the right man in to give them that, like you say, that in touching distance of the playoffs this season. So I'm, I'm intrigued to see who they do bring in and, and whether maybe whoever they do bring in, maybe our predictions may change a little bit. Um, have you got anything else you'd like to add with Huddersfield before we move on to the next topic? Or
0: No, no, I think that's it. I just think uh, we're just waiting to see who they bring in, isn't it? Well, then, then I'm sure we'll discuss a little bit more next week.
1: Yeah, definitely. So following on from that, let's talk about who we think the next manager will be to get the chop. Um I'm sure there'll be plenty this season. You know, Seaworth's gone already after three games, but I know it's easy to look straight at the bottom of the table, but who, who do you think Jake is in line to, you know, potentially be shown the exit door in the in the next coming well, few months, let's say? Ah, oh, it's, it's a
0: difficult one, this. Um, I'm not going to talk about the team bottom of the table because I do not think that is going to get the sack. I think they're going to stick with him. I think there's been enough um, in terms of the underlying data with Stoke that they've act- they've been on top a lot of the games. Uh, you saw Joel and Miss Sitter at the weekend. Um, I think they're close at, at Stoke, and I think they know that. Um, so I think they're going to be patient, and I think that he will turn it around. Mm-hmm. He just needs a couple of wins but if they continue playing the way they are, it will just even itself out. Um, it always does. So yeah, I'm I'm sure that he, that Jones will be a success there. So I don't think he's going to go, um, difficult after that. I, I could, the two that, that jump up to me are probably Neil Warnock or, um, the Wigan manager. Um, Paul Cook, I think they're the two for me that I think could be the next ones. To go. I think Warnock might resign if they have another couple of bad results and, do, and, and yeah maybe and, and you know leave with enough time for Cardiff to bring somebody in that can turn it around. I think the the season the Premier League just just did tire him out and, and they don't look like a w- nil Warnock team at the moment. Um, and and I I tip them to win the league. Could still happen, but. F- the first few weeks haven't been promising for that. And as, as to go and lose 3-0 to Reading is it, a disappointment for any team in this division, regardless of their new players. I, I think that was that was a, a real body blow, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Warnock ended up leaving in the next month. Um, and Cook as well. We're going to spend a lot of money this summer, at least a lot of money for them. Uh, and the performances haven't been too great. The one on the opening day was very, very good. Um, but then to go and lose... 3-0 to Preston uh, in their current position with, with some of the apathy with the fans and criticism over the, the transfer window um, that was a disappointing one uh, and then obviously to losing to Leeds isn't a shame it isn't 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 a bad thing for any team in the league but you go two games without scoring a goal um, and we saw Wigan last year they go on these long runs without a win and if they go on one mm. this time I think he's maybe used up all the credit he's got and he, he
1: might be one of the ones to go yeah, but you've, I, I get why you've said that. I, I was kind of stayed away from saying Neil Warnock. I mean, he sprung to my mind and I, I am surprised to see them, you know, at the wrong end of the table, if only after three games and only one victory and especially after how Reading put, you know, the, the three and three goals past them. And that, that was a complete surprise for me. I really thought Cardiff were going to go and, and win that. So um, for me, I think Cardiff still have you know, one of the best men in the job. So I can't see him getting sacked as yet. Uh, but you mentioned not mentioning Nathan Jones and, and talking about him, but I'm going to do Jake because I really think that Jones could be the next man to go. Um I know we talked a lot about Stoke last season, so I'll keep it short and sweet, but ultimately, you know, 24th in the division at the minute, sat on one point minus three goal difference. And, um, he's had 25 games in charge for Stoke. He's only managed to win four of those with a 16% win percentage. I'll give him his due. He has managed to draw 12, so he's drawn, you know, pretty much half of his games. He really, really needs to turn those draws into wins, you know, sooner rather than later for his sake and Stoke City's. Uh, but he's also lost nine of those games as well. And, and with the side that we talked about last uh, on, on last episode, we, that they've got, you know, the likes of Joe Allen and a few Premier League players still. They, they really should be, you know, in in the top half. You know, there's there's no way, no two ways about it, um to be sat twenty fourth. And you know, there's a couple of games this week, one well, midweek and again Saturday, and then I believe there's Tuesday, Wednesday fixtures the week after as well. So, you know, if if, if it probably needs to be picking up at least four points from them fixtures, or I really can see him being the the next guy to go what about I'm going to ask you though what about Jonathan Woodgate I know it's very very early days um, but he's lost two of his first three fixtures could have quite easily lost to Luton as well on the opening day in that three-all draw what's your thoughts on his arrival you know within this first few weeks of 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 them only picking one you know one point in three games yes it's a difficult one with Woodgate I
0: thought after the first game, you thought they were going to be a little bit more expansive and, and they were going to score goals, but they, you know they might concede them as well. But they'd be good to watch. But in, in the two games yeah. that have followed, they haven't con- scored. A, they haven't scored a goal. Um, no, they you know, <laughs> conceded one in each of them. So it seems like it's going back to to the Tony Pulis days. Um, based on on those, that's those stats alone, I'm, I'm sure it's it's a little bit more expansive still, and they're just not finding the right um, moves to to score the goals, which it's unfortunate, but it's a result of business. Um, mm-hmm. I think he'll be given a little bit more ch- more of a chance um, than others. I think they will give him a bit of time. They're normally good at that um, at Middlesbrough. Um, going out in the cup, of course, is a disappointment as well. Um, but the, if you look at their next two games, Wigan at home and Millwall at home, you, you've got to be looking at those two games and, and saying at least four points, possibly. Yeah, six. definitely. And if they go and get win both of those and they're in a good Position to kick on, so um, I'm not going to judge him yet. I think that Blackburn away is a tough game. I think Brentford, uh, any team can lose to Brentford in this division. That they're so mm. they're so good at just creating chances, and and yes, they can be a little bit open at the back, but they are a difficult team to play. So I'm not going to judge them on those two. I was impressed with them against Leu, and I think they should have went on and won that game if they'd have scored the penalty. Um, that didn't happen, so though. It, it's yes, it is a difficult one. On on the day, but uh, I think that you know if we, we'll know a lot more about him this time next week. If they haven't won either of those matches, I think that talk might start might start about his future. But I, I think it's too soon right now. And you, if you bring in somebody like Woodgate and give him the task of, of changing the style of play uh, and selling a couple of your bigger players and doing it with, with younger younger players in the team, I think you've got to give him time uh, and. And I'm sure that he'll win one of these next two coming up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's a case of waiting a couple more weeks and and see where they are in the league table. And, and, you know, it could be a case that, like you say, he really needs to start picking up and, and, and should be getting a victory against at least one of those sides. Um, so we'll, we'll probably come back to this in, let's say, you know, the first week in September and, and see, see where Middlesbrough and Woodgate are in, are in the division. Um, but we've talked enough about the, the bottom half of the division and the table, Jake. Uh, let's go straight to the top. Leeds United, we all know too well from last season how good they can be. Um currently sat first in the division and this, like I say, sit top after three games. There midweek games to be played and and obviously the weekend fixtures as well. Uh, But do you think that they've already set a benchmark already for being automatic promotion candidates and the benchmark for other teams this season? Jake, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that
0: Leeds are always going to be the benchmark. Um, I know they've lost a couple of players but to, to keep Bielsa was always going to be huge for them uh they've kept most of that that team together. They've obviously brought in Harold Costa, who's got uh a lot of quality in this division. He hasn't got a start yet, but I'm sure he will come in and, and do very well when he gets given the chance. I think keeping Calvin Phillips as well is important. I think that for me, I think maybe we we overlooked them a little bit at the start of the season. Um maybe we got a little bit as always happens, you always look at the relegated teams and think they're gonna be the ones to come strong but if you, if you look back at last season i think leeds um in in all the underlying statistics expected goals uh, expected goals against you know all those things leeds yeah. came out near the top uh, on a, on a lot of the the metrics that normally predict the league winner and, and they could probably feel a little bit unfortunate they didn't win the league in the end i think injuries did for them in key periods um and that loss against norwich was was particularly disappointing um but i think they they were as good as Sheffield United and Norwich, or at least not too far off them. So, and so they're always going to come back stronger. Um, I think, have, have you been watching the, the documentary, Louis? Have you seen any of that? The Leeds one yet?
1: No, I'm intrigued. And I've seen people, you know, mention it on Twitter and talking about it. Um and... It's a bit like the Sunderland one. What was what was out last year or the year before? It 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 was probably three or four months before I did watch it. So it's 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 not really on my to do list. Being a Wednesday fan, but I'll probably give it a shot once. You know, maybe if I've got a week off work, Jake. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen the first couple
0: of episodes. And from what you can see in it, is, is just, just the passion that the owner has for the club? Yeah. Okay. uh and i think that comes strong even if you haven't watched it you can see that in in when he talks to media and the things that he does for the club so i think that they i think they they're the team to beat this season um and i think we probably overlooked them a little bit and if you go down the team calvin phillips uh, looks very very good um harrison's back for another year ben white coming in on loan he looks like a talent mm. um And Bamford, 25, Costa 25, Jamie Shackleton. You know, they've got players that are just young and that are just going to continue getting better under Bielsa. Um, And I don't think there's another team that can match them in the intensity and just the way they play. Um, Pablo Hernandez, I think his fitness is going to be key. If he ever got a long-term injury, I think they'd struggle to replace him. But if you just look at it, uh, look at them and just look at Fulham um, and then Cardiff, West Brom, these are all teams that were tipped to do well at the start of the season. I just think Leeds are just look the most complete, and the ones you have the fewest question marks about. I think that's fair, isn't it? Look, you do, you've got question marks about West Brom, you've yes, got question marks about right. Fulham, you've got question marks yep. about Cardiff now, but you don't really have any question marks about Leeds. You know what you're going to get, and you know they're going to be up there. I don't think that I don't think either of us would, would feel uncomfortable about saying right now they'll definitely be in the top four of the division this year. I think that's that's a
1: yeah, I, 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 you've, you know what? A lot of the things you've mentioned, you've literally took all my points away from me, what I've wrote down. I've, I've got them saying um, that I'm still predicting them to finish top three. Um, I had them to finish third in my predictions when we did one pre-season. I still think, you know, Fulham and West Brom for me are going to be right up there. But like you said, um, regarding question marks, yes, Le- Leeds pretty much answer all them and i don't know why i just get this feeling there's a, a better balance in the in the squad this year i know they lost Janssen and, and roof's gone to andelec etc but the players that they've brought in you know quality versus young players as well and and eager players um and and not to mention they've, they've still got Bielsa in charge who brings that great you know adaptation of fast flowing attacking football that make leads good to watch at times and and not only that um with Roof going to andalette like i mentioned uh i touched on bamford earlier and i wanted to bring him back up i really think bamford for me uh watching him in this first few games with his ability to just poach goals and you know score from anywhere within the 18 yard box is, is pretty fair to say i really think that he could be top goal scorer this season jake and i will know, put my neck on the line and say we'll score over twenty goals this season. Do you agree with that, or or do you think he's still got something he needs to add to his game? Uh,
0: no, I think that's fair. I think he he scored a lot of goals in his division throughout his career. Um, yeah. And and this lead team just create a lot of chances. So a player of his quality, if he can stay fit, I know he had he had quite a serious injury at the start of last season. If he can stay fit, um, I think him scoring over tw- uh, more than twenty goals is a safe bet. Um, I think. That's, it would be a surprise if he didn't. He's obviously started the season well. Um, he's already got three. And I think the thing about Leeds is, though, um, when you look at Carl and Grant, he's also got three, but he's got all of his team's goals, whereas there isn't that reliance on Bamford. And I think that probably frees him up a little bit because he, he can he can go out there and and, and know that if he doesn't score... That somebody else probably will yeah of, so, course. So, and, of course and i think yeah. that pressure is that the fact that pressure isn't on bamford is probably good because when we've seen him in the premier league with, with the, all the pressure on him he hasn't quite lived up to it so i could think say, yeah. playing in this leads team um is a really good fit for him and I, and I think he's probably one that could go on and win the golden boot i wouldn't be surprised if he scored the most goals in the league this year
1: yeah i'm swaying towards that um to be honest and you only have to look at Leeds bench as well against Wigan and and there there is quality throughout it's it's like you say though you know in this division over 46 games it's it's keeping players fit and that can really determine your, your success like like did you mentioned already Jake that they, they missed out last year um but keeping Bamford fit you know if he's if he's to play 38 to 40 games this season that's that's why I'm expecting him to be scoring 20 goals plus Um so yeah I really think for me as well Jake like you that Leeds are going to be setting that benchmark this season I'm not saying that they're going to finish first by any means but week in week out I can consistently see them picking up points, um, a bit like last year. And, and, and with that little bit of added luck, maybe on the injury front, um, or maybe even a, another key signing in January, then they should certainly be up there. Anything else to add with Leeds before we move on? Previews and predictions, Jake? Um,
0: no, I just I, I just echo everything you said. I think they, they just look really well balanced and they've got young players that can come in. And we, we've seen last season that they've got players in, in their academy that can just come up and make an immediate impact, which I think is important uh, given the size of their squad. I, I know there's quality throughout it, but they they do run thin in a few areas. But they've shown that they can they can manage a lot of injuries. I don't think. Yeah. I think even out of those top teams, I think Leeds are the team that I'd feel most comfortable backing it, even if they did have five or six injuries. Whereas a Fulham or um, a West Brom, I think, would struggle a little bit, just because I I think the system with Leeds is so much more important than the individual. Yeah. Um, mm. I think there's only really you can say Hernandez, Bamford, and and Phillips are the stars, but I think there's any but any one of those could be missing and they'd still give a good performance. And I think that's it's so difficult to see them not being up the up the top. The only thing would be if Bielsa left, as, as we know he can do, but he seems quite happy there. So I think it's yeah, he seems
1: settled. Yeah, I think he seems settled and, and key as well is you, you you forget that Leeds have got a really good back four as well. Uh, you know. Cooper and the players have got this you could say there's still maybe a question mark over Kassir in in goal Um, but he seems to be growing with confidence and he's he's not Done too bad since his arrival. Now we're gonna go on to previews of predictions and predictions and while I do, I'm gonna follow on with, with the Leeds United fixture. I had it down the last game to to predict. Uh, but so let's go straight into that. So it's Saturday at three o'clock. I know they play midweek games, but we'll we'll give that a miss courtesy of you know when the recording comes out and, and for people to listen in time. So Saturday three PM Jake, Stoke City versus Leeds. I've picked this game cause simply because it's it's top versus bottom. Um, so what's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. If I'm just looking at sh- some of the stats for Stoke. They've um, averaged 15 shots a game, uh, which is the fifth best in the division, so I think that I think they there is something there, and I still think Nathan Jones is the guy to get it out of them. I just think it's a really, really slow process turning them around yeah. from being a, a more of a hoofball team to, to playing good football, and it's going to take time, but I think they're... That if you look clo- closely enough, there are signs it's turning around. Um, I think it's going to be a difficult game for Leeds. Um, I'm actually going to tip a draw. I, I think that Stoke have, have got the quality, and it's got to turn for them at some point. I really think it has to. Um, and in midweek, they've got pressed in a way I can see them getting a result there. So I, I think that I, I can see it being a one-all draw. I know you're probably going to predict a lead to win, but I'm going to go for the one-all draw.
1: <laughs> yeah, I am. I've, I'm just going for the, the, the quality that. That Leeds have, I know you talked about Stoke City having good players as well, but you know consistency and and form. I'm I'm going on that, and you know the, the potential that Leeds have. Leeds have, and, and, and I'm sure, like we've already said, they're going to be there. or they're about to come the end of the season, and I've predicted a three-one uh, victory to Leeds United. Um, I just, again, I, f- I think it's harsh and and bad times for Nathan Jones. I'm not saying that he won't get him out of this rut, but you know, like I say, on on form and, and looking at the table, I, I can't look past Leeds United. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to say they're going to get the victory. Uh, the other game at three o'clock I've picked out, which is seventh against ninth. Fulham at home versus Nottingham Forest. What's your preview and prediction for that one?
0: Nottingham Forest a team I haven't quite got a a good grasp on yet. Under Lamucci, they obviously beat Birmingham 3-0, but I really don't think Birmingham are up to match the one-all draw. Ellen Road was impressive, and and I think they played okay against West Brom despite losing on the opening day. So hmm. I think there's been positive signs there. Um, I still have doubts about Scotty Parker. Um, I know they've they've won a couple of games now, but you know it it was against Huddersfield, and and Huddersfield we're not really looking up to much. Uh, I think at Craven Cottage this year, Fulham are going to be tough to beat. It's it's when they're away that I'm, I think they might struggle a little bit more. So I'm going to go for a, a Fulham win. I'm going to say. 2-1 to Fulham, but I think it's going to be a very, very good game, it, and it, it could be a game where we've really come to see what Nottingham Forest could be. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if they went there and won, but play playing play the percentages and, and looking at it, um, based on what we've seen so far, I think you've got a tip
1: of Fulham win. Yeah, I'm... Um... I think it's going to be a really good game, this one. And I'm not going to go into some in-depth preview. I'm just going to go with my gut on this one. I think Forrest are going to get something from this game. So I've I've got an extra goal than what you've predicted. I've gone two all in this one. I think it'll be a draw. Um, both sides probably... I know it's so early days, uh, but maybe a, a f- afraid to lose this one a little bit where they sat, you know, a win for either side could take them right to the top of the table. Again, I know it's early days, but um, for that reason, yeah, I think there might be a few goals and I'm going to predict that, that two all-score draw. Uh, and then the early kick-off, I know I've worked backwards in the previews and predictions, but let's go to Derby County versus West Brom. Uh, Derby currently sat in eighth, West Brom in third, who with both predicted to be right up there um come the end of the season in may uh what's your thoughts on this one
0: again this derby or another team that i really haven't got a grasp on yet i think that um they were probably unlucky not to beat swansea um in their first home game of the season but i think they were somewhat fortunate to to get a draw against stoke i thought stoke were the better team so it's, it's a really difficult one, and then they're winning against Huddersfield, a bit like Fulham. I'm not sure how much I'm putting into that. So they're a team I'm really not certain about, whereas West Brom, I think, have been impressive um, since the opening day. I think the only thing with West Brom is the defence they've conceded in, in, in all three of their games. So I think both teams hmm. are scoring this one. So I think I'm going to go for a one-all. But, yeah, again, it's... These are three really tricky uh, tricky fixtures to to call for me. I think it, any any of the the three results are possible in all three of them, so it is so difficult at this early stage. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the fence again and go
1: for a draw. Yeah, all well, these teams and and previews that we're looking at that any of these sides could go up this season. I'm not, maybe maybe I'm, I might rule out Stoke, um, but all the other sides, yeah, certainly Derby and West Brom should be at the top half and pushing playoffs, if not automatic promotion for West Brom, I believe. Uh, and for that reason, just, yeah, I'm going on quality. And, and like you say, Jake, I'm still a bit unsure of Derby at this stage. Um, I can see them hovering around, you know, mid-table until maybe Christmas time, if I'm honest. But I think West Brom have got that, you know, Wunderbillich have just got that surge and, and you know, added quality up front to just get them the victory in this one so i'm i'm gonna go 2-1 two, to west brom uh but unfortunately jake um with that we're out of time if you'd like to let our listeners know where they can find you or anything you're involved in at the uh, minute please share now would be a good time yeah you can get
0: me on twitter at jake Jack with two ends or post anything i do there um this weekend I will be on the Premier League show again hosting that, so check that one out this weekend. Um, I think there was one yesterday as well, talking a lot about Timo Fuki, so I will listen to that one. But I'm sure it's a great lesson, talking about how good he was against Newcastle, so check that one out. <laughs> as well.
1: Yeah, and I've been your host at Louis Shackshaft on Twitter. Remember, you can find the show at Championship Pod on Twitter, also where we will post each show to our pin tweet. I do a lot of Sheffield Wednesday statistics. Uh, you can also find me at Feast Football Radio. I do uh, punditry for Football League World and the Yorkshire Post newspaper. Uh, but we want to thank you all for listening. We'll be uh, back. Very shortly, I'm sure in a, in a week or so, time. Like I say, check all our shows out on our pin tweets, and um, we will catch you next time. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum.